Welcome to Up Next with Tommy Lee, with influential Christian leaders sharing their passions and purpose in personal conversations. And now, founder and president of Resource Global, managing partner of Barnabas Group Chicago, and your host on Up Next, Tommy Lee. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It is good to be back here with you again. And after a couple months, we have Kenson and Jimmy joining us at co-hosts, not only for this week, but for the next three weeks, uh, next four weeks as well, too. Kenson, Jimmy, welcome. Tommy, glad to be back. Yeah, thanks. Hey, you know, uh, we just finished up. The, for the last two years, we've been working on this project called The Gospel in Our Cities, uh, sponsored and hosted by Redeemer City to City. And that actually was a couple weeks ago over at the Moody Church in Chicago. And so both Jimmy as well as Kenson helped out as well, too. And so, uh, Kenson, as I reflect on this, and Jim, uh, I love your thoughts on it, as we have spent time not only doing this conference, but together the three of us have done a lot of conferences together, whether it's at camp when we were younger, whether it's at youth group or whether it's through things like Lausanne or different things like that. Kenson, let me start with you. What makes our dynamic work? We've been working together now for about 25 years. Well, what do you think makes that dynamic work? Well I, well, I think a couple of things. You know, I think the reason we enjoy working together, and it isn't just with, the, like, with these conferences and so forth, but we also did willingly did youth group together, yep. small groups together. We're in the same churches together. So it's kind of a, a lot of seeing each other. And even for, actually, for both of you guys, I actually spent a season working with you guys at, like, like uh, Jimmy with, with, at the Chinatown Chamber of Commerce when he's executive director as associate, Tommy and I. I worked together at a freight forwarding company together yep, for yep. about a year or so. So we've actually spent a lot of time working with each other. And I think a couple of factors come into play. I think first off, I think it's just because we know each other and, and we trust each other and that we're, we're friends first. So I feel like when that's kind of the base of everything, like, yeah, like, you know, like every time you go to work, you have a best friend that you're working with. So I think that's really helpful that you get to do stuff that you enjoy doing with other people. Uh, and I think secondly, too, um, with, with you guys is that um, we just know each other and we're not, we're just not like, sometimes we work with people, they're like, some people are certain divas and they're just really hard to work around. They're high, they're really demanding. They're all really stressful. They're all like kind of always like really tense all the time. I think for the three of us here, like we just understand each other and just in general, we're just pretty low key about stuff. We support each other. We understand each other's strengths and weaknesses and yeah, you know what I mean? So I think, I think that's probably why like. We enjoy working with each other, and we, obviously, we all share the same faith in Christ, so that all plays into it too. So that's yeah. why that's why I like working with you guys. I think that's what we were talking about earlier, um, even before this interview started. We live now in the social media world, where people are not always um, hardworking, right? Like in the social media world, uh, the people who are getting the funding or people who are selling the books and getting notoriety, um, they're the ones who are out there talking about themselves creating content on social media. And so these days, it's really not as much about building some of those authentic relationships and really building some of those um, opportunities to be able to work together, but it's really kind of building who people perceive them to be. Mm. And I think that's the hardest thing about um, just, you know, where we're at in this day and age in the culture, too. Yeah, I think a lot of times, uh, as I reflect upon it, all three of us, along with some of the people who have worked with us, we all share the whole idea is let's just get it done no matter what it takes, whether it is picking up after trash, whether it's setting up the room, whether it's moving tables, or whether it's coordinating speakers, let's do whatever it takes to get the job done yeah. as well, too. Yeah. But do you think that's what society sees leadership now as? You know, I, I think uh, <laughs> that's, that's a great question. I, I, I'm a tad bit confused about how society views leadership. I feel like in one respect, I feel like people talk about like the importance of servant leadership, humble leadership. Yeah. 
um, a leadership that's that's willing to put others first. So I hear a lot about that, especially in church circles. And I think in general, people would agree with that. But yet the leaders that we celebrate, um, yeah. um, the leaders we, we put in place in positions of authority, either in politics or, or businesses or, or whatever, church, churches right now, yeah. are, are sometimes, in my experience, quite the opposite. They're kind of very arrogant, kind of full of themselves. They're great communicators. They, they, they talk well, but in terms of character, a lot of times just it's not matching up. So I guess all that to say is that I feel like there's something that we, we talk about that we would like to have, but yet the leaders we actually put in positions are quite the contrary, you yeah, know? Yeah. So that's yeah, my thoughts. I mean, even for me, I think the frustration sometimes from a charitable sector input um, places, the funders, the people who give money to some of these charities, as much as they said they want to invest in those who are hardworking and and really fulfilling the mission, at the end of the day, they really want to f- give money to those people that they can put into a pedestal. They want to be able to give it to personalities. Yeah, they that- want to give it to people who have like ten thousand or hundred thousand dollar likes on their social media. Right. You know, unfortunately, that's the society we live in right now. Yeah. You're listening up next on AM 1160. Another thing I realize, even in terms of working with the teams, is you've got to find personalities that fit within your personality. Mm-hmm. Is a lot of times when I work with both you guys, is I inherently trust that the job will be done. My weaknesses are compensated by your strengths, and we start learning to work with each other. Versus if you're trying to micromanage everything, it just doesn't work. Right. Let me ask you, Ken Sam. I mean, look at your personality, and Jim, I'm going to ask you is like for the people who work well with you, what yeah. type of personality? do you look for as you're building a team? Yeah, I, I think for me, um, well, first off, when it comes to me, one thing is that I, I am, as you mentioned, Tommy, I think all of us are the same way, is that I'm a guy who likes to get it done no matter what. Um, so sometimes, the, well, the strength behind that is that I get things done. The problem with it is that sometimes the process might not be the best process yeah. possible or the healthiest process or, you know, so I think sometimes the, the people that I need in my life to help complement me, me well is, is uh, first off, is just someone who uh, um, who can think well, who who likes process. I do prefer, I like people, they drive me nuts, but I like people who like have to slow me down because I'm not wired that way. I'm wired quite the opposite. I'm like, let's plow through this. Let's get this done. Let's happen right away. And for some people who are like, who are like, you know, wait, we need to, steps one, two, and three matter a lot as well too. We need that too. So I think that's a good compliment for me. Uh, also, the way I lead is that I'm, I'm, I'm I like uh, I like the team dynamic. Um, I, I like people contributing. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the best idea wins. Um, so I'm not I don't do so well with with a team that's all a bunch of like yes sir just tell us what to do this and that. Um, I prefer I like I like people with opinions, but obviously being open handed with those opinions. Um, but I thrive best when we're all able to kind of bounce ideas off each other and mm-hmm. be willing to say like all right that's the best idea. Let's go ahead and, and go with that. So yeah. th- those are the two characteristics that are very important uh, for me. Yeah, Jim, what personalities work well with you? Mm, I do think that us being Asians, as well as being Christians, have affected the way that we look at team dynamics and how we work with groups. I think inherently, at the end of the day, we um, we want to get the work done. We're not looking for exposure, we're, nor are we trying to build a, a base around us. And so I think the people that I'm looking for um, to work with are people who share some of those like-minded values. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Like at the end of the day, um, you also have to bring diversity, yeah. you know? And so as much as it's hard to bring in people who are different from you, I think that diversity 
is actually really important as long as they also understand the values that you bring yeah. um, as the leader of that organization as well. Yeah. Yeah. If I can just also make this statement as well too, um, I, I also like I will choose a hard worker any day over someone who is bright and smart, yeah. but lazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I can't. I cannot. I cannot work with with a person like that. But if you're, you might not. You might not be the most educated around this topic. But if you're willing to work hard and you're teachable. I will take that all day, every day. And not only the hard work, but I like those guys who actually learn how to think mm-hmm. as well, too. I don't need someone who needs to be someone who's told what to do, but learn how to think. Because if you fail, it's fine mm-hmm. if you thought it out. Yeah. Because we'll learn from our mistakes, but I need you to think and process through those That's things right. as well, too. That's right. But I also think that's something that you had to learn as well, too, because the ability for someone to fail is actually a very strong value for you. Mm-hmm. I think what I've found is for a lot of people who are – um, maybe a little bit younger or really reporting to somebody who's over them, um, they've always been expected not to fail. Yep. You know, and they want to please, because they want to please their boss, they're willing to, they, they want to ask those questions so that they can do well. But then the, that process of failing is actually part of the lessons and part of the value that you might have as well. Yeah, too. no, actually, yeah, I think even just goes into like, I was talking with my son um, because, like, he's now in a public school. He was in a private yeah. school. Now he's in a public school, so he's getting tested all the time. Um, so it's interesting, just kind of thinking through, like, you know, his grades. And sometimes he doesn't get a, a perfect hundred uh, percent. Actually, recently uh, on one of his science projects, he he got fifty percent out of the whole thing, which is really bad. <laughs> you know, it's horrible. I was like, man, I was like, you're really not good at science. But yeah. um, but just my wife and I talking about just trying to reinforce the idea that you know it's not so much the hundred percent. But what's most important is that growth mindset. Like, wanting to keep getting better? Are you paying? Are you paying attention at school? Like, you know, and, and the things that we don't get right, that's fine. You know yeah, what I mean? We're not yeah, going to live yeah. or die on on this on this assignment here. But the, but the thing is that are you just constantly growing, learning, willing to make those mistakes? You know, and saying it's okay. You know what? The, the next test is going to be next week. You know, I just I just work on that. But Kenton, that's very different than maybe how you were raised. Oh no, totally yeah. different. Totally, totally different. Where I think all of us, actually, you guys were even worse. Yeah. Um, my parents, my parents used you guys to terrify me in terms of academics. Yeah, but it's very much like our worth was like our parents said, like, get that A, you know, get that A, mm-hmm. and you know, then you'd be accepted in the house. Otherwise, you're not. Yeah, I also realized even when I was in Jakarta, and now we're starting our cohorts there, even working with our city director, Grace Liu, over there. When we planned our conference last year, our annual conference in Jakarta, a lot of times I allowed her to lead. And she kept coming back to me and says, okay, what should I do? I said, okay, Grace, what are your options to think through? Well, I think we should do this. Let's try it. Later on, some options were, some options didn't. I said, hey, Grace, this is a good example in terms of allowing you to learn how to figure it out. Did you notice that I didn't tell you all the answers, but allowed you to do it? But at the same time, encouraging them along the way. I, I think a lot of times giving them the opportunity and letting them know if it fails, it's okay, really, really encourages them as well, too. That's true. Yeah. Jim, any other thoughts about leadership and about teamwork and things like that? No. I mean, I think it just kind of goes back. I mean, working with a lot of entrepreneurs, I've just found a lot of times we look at the resume of the person, where they graduate from, um, who are they connected to. But what I have found is actually the best people who um, really are going to be successful in their endeavors in creating a business or even a nonprofit organization, they're the ones who demonstrate those high values of hope, motivation, teachability, things that you would never find or tell based off of where they graduated from. So all of those are not determining factors, but it's it's some of those other things that yeah. we've talked about. Surprisingly, that youth group thing, our uh, leaders fat, faithful, available, teachable. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That still stands true. Yeah. 
Well, hey, thank you. We're going to spend some time at the, after this break to talk in the next segment about some of the top news in the Christian world today. And so looking forward to just joining back uh, after this break. AM 1160. Dr. Tim Keller, founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City and best-selling author, is coming to Chicago for the Gospel and Our Cities Conference. In the book of Jonah, God sends his prophet to the great city of Nineveh to uh, preach to it, to reach it, and he shows a great deal of disdain, and God rebukes Jonah and says, how can you look at all those people who don't know their right hand from their left and not have compassion on that great city? Uh, the churches of today should have compassion on the city and should care about the city. Please come to Chicago, the third largest city in our country, which will be a wonderful backdrop for a meeting of men and women who want to reach their respective North American cities with the gospel, doing both holistic uh, transformation, evangelism, and bringing about conversions. Please come and join us. Find out more at thegospelandourcities.org. That's thegospelandourcities.org. Resource Global is cultivating the potential of young professionals all over the world to maximize their reach and restore their cities with the gospel. 60% of our waking hours are spent in the workplace, therefore it is a significant time for gospel impact. As young professionals grow in their careers, we provide in-depth training and we also provide mentoring to integrate their faith and work. And we want them to use their influence and skills to impact their city. I know of no other organization besides Resource Global that is doing its exact ministry. Going to places, finding young people and pastors and teachers who want to bring together their collective wisdom to encourage one another in things of faith and work. I want to invite you to join us as we continue to grow the network of young professionals in strategic cities around the world. I invite you to join us to make a difference in these cities through these individuals and to make a difference for tomorrow. AM 1160. You're listening to Up Next with Tommy Lee on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Well, welcome back to an episode of Up Next. Uh, during the break, we were right before the break, we were actually talking a little bit about leadership, leadership styles, working together, things like that. And so I'm joined by Kenson Lamb, our co-host, and Jimmy Lee today. And so I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to sit down and talk with William Ajay of CBRE. We're going to talk with David Kinneman, president of Barna Group. And we're going to talk with Albert Tate, who I love, who's a pastor over at Fellowship Monrovia. But guys, you know, it's the weekend before Thanksgiving. And so let me ask you, let me ask you guys some fun questions. Kenson, let me start with you. Everyone talks a lot about the foods that they love at Thanksgiving. But I'm going to talk and ask you, what is one food that you just don't like in a Thanksgiving celebration? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's quite a bit. Uh, I've actually never had a normal Thanksgiving coming from an immigrant house. It's always been like we might have turkey and then the rest of everything else might be these like immigrant Chinese dishes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, think, I think for me, I think uh, uh, if I can maybe speak from an American uh, standpoint, uh, when, I, when I look at... Uh, uh, kind of the American fair that happens on Thanksgiving. Uh, something I I just I just really don't don't enjoy is just uh, is just stuffing. I just don't. Really? Yeah, I find stuffing to be dry and 
I feel like stuffing was uh, someone. Not if you put gravy on it. Well, no, I love you, stuffing. no, it's it's one of those things where it's just like I felt like it was someone's last minute idea, saying like, you know, hey, you know, we got all these little breadcrumbs, this and that. Let's just pile it together and let's just stuff it in the turkey, and then we'll, we'll make we'll make it into something. I've just never enjoyed it. Maybe in my experience, I've only had dry stuffing, so it's just it's another thing where I'm just like, yeah, no, no, thanks. It kind of the, and the texture of it's just kind of weird. It's it's not it's not crispy, nor is it soft. It's kind of gooey and i just yeah i just really? i just don't like stuffing so i i know i know you never invite me back again but that, that's just me jim which one do you not like pumpkin pie pumpkin I, i'm pie. never i mean i love pies in general but pumpkin pie i never really had a fondness for interesting yeah, yeah pumpkin in general I, I agree with you pumpkin in general is just like i just don't i don't know who came up with the idea of just eating it it just does not yeah it yeah. doesn't taste i good. will say going back to that comment because my my wife's family is caucasian they're swiss and so when we spend Thanksgiving with them, they have your typical meal, right? Like uh, turkey and stuffing and, um, you know, cranberry and all that stuff, too. I think whenever my wife comes to our house, she's she gets very weirded out because we have a hodgepodge of things. You know, sometimes we might have turkey, but we'll have rice and we'll have um, whatever Chinese. It's it's just a bunch of different meals all in one place. That's right. Yeah. For me, I would probably say turkey dark meat. That is the one thing I don't like. Dark meat. Dark I do meat. not like dark meat. Yeah. Are you kidding me right yes, now? Yes, it is. The, the wings are great, though. The white meat is great. The turkey breast, dark but the white, meat. Don't you, oh, don't you find gosh. the white meat too too dry? Oh, no. The dark I'm, meat's where all the juice is at. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is the one thing I just don't like, dark meat. Oh, man. Yeah. Our, our friendship is over. We're hey, done. Tradition. We're done. What is one tradition about Thanksgiving that, you, that we celebrate that you like, that you look forward to in terms of Thanksgiving? Oh, um, great question. You know, uh, our family doesn't have a whole lot of traditions, but I think something that we are trying to start uh, with our Thanksgiving is kind of this idea where, um, you know, the Bible says that you've been blessed to be a blessing. So I was just trying to think, too, like in this season of Thanksgiving, like especially having these younger kids, teaching them that, yes, that we have a lot to be thankful for, but how else can we be, how else can we show that thankfulness towards others? So sometimes it, you know, at the very least, sometimes it's just over the Thanksgiving meal, just praying and, and making sure that, you know, that we're being mindful of who God is in our lives. But then always always looking for like an act of service, you know, something that we can either do with the church, we can give towards a charity. Um, there's been a few times where like even with Thanksgiving leftovers, you know, we've packed it up. Um, and my son and I, we've kind of looked at maybe like the gas station workers who've been like working, who are working through the holidays and maybe just dropping off some leftovers to them. You know, just stuff like that and just being mindful in that way. Interesting, Jim. Um, you know, uh I think every there's two things. One is uh, we wake up every morning and watch the Macy's television parade on TV. That was not something I did growing up, but that's something that my wife really enjoys doing um, with us as a family every Thanksgiving morning. Um, I think the other thing, too, is on Fridays, and this is something that our church does, they do a Friendsgiving. And so that's when people invite um folks from the church who otherwise may not have a family that they go back to or somebody who's a recent immigrant or refugee that's coming, and they'll invite them to their house and to experience what they would call a a typical Thanksgiving meal. So that's something that we'd like to do together, but usually the day after Thanksgiving. You're listening up next on AM 1160. Ken, I'm not sure what you would say. Sarah, I hope, is not listening to this. I find the Macy's Beret Boring. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's so boring. <laughs> oh, my, I can't deal with it. Uh, the one thing I actually, two things I enjoy is the start of Christmas uh, carols on radios. I, it is just a signal that now Christmas is starting. No, no, don't get me wrong. I, I love Christmas music, but the problem I have with it is that it started so early. It, mm-hmm. Christmas music was already on the radio yeah. on Halloween. 
And I'm like, what happens on Thanksgiving? Like, we haven't yeah. even, we haven't had Thanksgiving yet, and I'm at Costco, Home Depot, yeah. and I'm already seeing Christmas trees and Joanne fabrics and decorations everywhere. I'm just like, it's just like, yeah, I felt like we just got through summer, yeah. so I don't know. And I would probably say is the Saturday of Thanksgiving is when we always put up our tree. And ever since Samantha has been born, for, uh, she's four years old now, she has an ornament every single year she will put up on the tree. And so it becomes her time at home to put up all those ornaments. Yeah, we used to do the same thing, but then now, like, like my oldest son is 10. is like, uh, it's already 10 ornaments. It's already too much. It's like, <laughs> we already have our old ones, and now we got to deal with this. Okay, what? Well, Kenton, you're not going to share about your wife, and I'm going to throw Susie on the bus here about Black Friday. Yeah, she's not, she's not going to listen to this anyway. So, uh, <laughs> but for her, Black Friday is kind of her Super Bowl. Uh, my wife is all about getting deals, and it doesn't even—it's not even an issue of if she wants it or not. It's just like it's the—it's just getting the deal that's just so exciting for her. So she sees something really cheap, so she'll buy it. Hey, you know, like for example, Halloween just passed, so like a day later, she's at Target and she's buying all the discounted stuff, candy for next year, paper plates, and all that stuff because it's all still paper plates, but now it's like a fraction of the cost. Um, so on Black Friday, she's already started a shopping list of all the stuff that she wants to get that we don't really need, but she just... It's the sport for her, you know. It's to, it's to get in line. It's to just just do something like you know, just to do that. Debbie Donna, back in the early days, is when we were still single. We will always I, we will all accompany Susan and Kenson, and we would go out for Black Friday, and we started at twelve midnight, and we got all the way to five a.m. Susan was out the whole time. By about one thirty, we were in the car sleeping. sleeping. With pillows we were and all napping in the car. Yes. yes. Oh my god. <laughs> but if you remember those times, it was hard because we would stop at five o'clock or six o'clock we would go to denny's for That's breakfast right. but then because we were all part of the youth group we would have to go back to our respective houses and work with the kids at our youth group to cook thanksgiving dinner yeah. which always turned out to be a mess oh man uh, that's that was that was the season yeah uh we have four minutes before our show ends hey let me just ask you one thing is what, what, what if you look back I, I know a lot of times it's so easy to say family kids everything like that what are you thankful for uh this year you know what have you been seeing about god working your church your life that you've been thankful for yeah you know there's, there's a lot of things to, to be thankful for obviously tommy as you mentioned just the church family um my personal family uh we have uh three lovely boys uh uh, we're expecting our fourth one in February, which will also be another boy. Uh, so that's going to be really, so it's going to be really uh, a heavy house. But I think something maybe, I guess, uh, right out, outside of that, um, I think it's just um, this continuing idea that in Scripture it says that, you know, that he who began a good work in you will continue to do that work. And I just may able to see that in, in my own life where God, in all these like small kind ways through different circumstances or even just spending time in devotionals in the morning, um, it's just having a chance to see, like, man, like, God is just, he's always just finding ways to, to work in me, to grow me, to shape me. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's probably one of the things that I'm, I'm just most grateful for is that when I just spend the time to stop and reflect, you know, it's just all these little things that he's doing in my life that just shows me, again, his grace and his kindness uh, in my life. Yeah, Jim. You know, uh, all three of us are actually expecting a child here in this uh, next year. Yeah, I, I, I'm in February. Uh, Tommy, when is, when is yours? March. March. End yeah. of March. April. April. Wow, yeah, look yeah. at that. <laughs> we could have timed that any better. You have four boys. I have two girls, and we haven't figured out what yeah, Jimmy Yeah, Jimmy, that's yeah, going to so be exciting, man. My guess is we have two girls now. My guess is we'll have a third girl. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I mean, honestly, like those girls and our family has been a blessing, and we're grateful for, you know, and, and looking forward to this next season of our time. Our church has really been great, you know, like 
like we've really kind of developed a great community of people um, that we're really close to that we're able to grow life together. Um, I think the hardest thing about a church in the city in Kenton and Tommy will agree to this as well too is um, there's so much transit transition, you know, people are always coming and going. Um, but I think at least in this season of our time, um, we've been able to really meet some good people who've been around the church for a long time and that we're able to experience family with them as well, too. Yeah. 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 And I would say, guys, uh, is a year. Uh, the one thing I'm thankful for is my wife, my daughter. But at the same time, it's the very fact that I, I am able to get around and do my life back what it was before. I mean, a year ago, I barely could get out of bed. That's right. That's I was right. in so much pain. I had just gotten out of eight weeks of 24 hours a day. Pain had just lost 82 pounds. And the very fact that I am here a year later, I have never really taken for granted. Now, at the same time, I still can't hear on my left ear. I still have no saliva. I still have limited taste buds. But the very fact that I am pain-free and still walking around doing all those things has allowed me to really be able to function. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's that, that, yeah to, to see you from there to where you're at now and um, that's just been, man, God's been really kind. He's yeah. Really you know, it, it's thankful. And Donna's here and she won't, well, I'm trying to get her to get online and she won't do it, but it is thankful. I mean, here we are, our Thanksgiving episode, and we have 50 seconds left before it ends. And it is thankful just being here on air, getting to know Debbie, uh, the friendship of Salem Radio, everything that we've done. And just doing life with friends has been a fun, fun ride as well, too. Yeah, amen to that. And so from our family to yours, as you're listening to this, you're preparing for Thanksgiving, you're celebrating, you're shopping. We are thankful for you. We're thankful for God has been bringing us in this journey and what he continues to do through the cross. And so thank you for everything that you've done and being part of this journey as well, too. For more information, up next, go to upnext.city. Thank you so much, everyone, and have a wonderful day. See you next week. You've been listening to Up Next with host Tommy Lee, getting to know another influential leader. To hear past episodes, visit upnext.city. That's upnext.city. Join Tommy for Up Next, Saturdays at 3.30 on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.